That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. Welcome to the Gaming Ride Home podcast for Thursday, July 9th. I am Kyle Hilliard. Here's a whole bunch of video game stuff that happened recently. A patent teases some potential backwards compatibility options for PlayStation 5. Fortnite streamer Ninja has moved over to YouTube. Deadly Premonition 2 should hopefully be getting patched after release, fingers crossed. A The Sims reality show is on the way, and Sony shares what PlayStation 5 game boxes will look like. PlayStation 1, 2, and 3 backwards compatibility for PlayStation 5 could be in the works, according to a recent patent. Microsoft has been aggressive and upfront about its backwards compatibility plans for the Xbox Series X. It is going to be a system that you can insert an original Xbox game disc into and then play that game, which is pretty wild. PlayStation 5 has been significantly less clear with how it will handle previous generation PlayStation games to the point that there is really no definitive answer on if the system will even play nice with PlayStation 4 discs. A recent patent discovery, however, may have shed a little more light on the potential backwards compatibility of the PlayStation 5. Jordan Oleman reported on the patent discovery for IGN and wrote a Sony patent has surfaced suggesting that PS1, PS2, and PS3 games could be emulated via the cloud. First posted to Twitter by user at Renka underscore schedule, the tweet can be translated into English, at which point it reads, A large number of game titles across PS1, PS2, PS3, and various generations of game consoles can be stored and used via the cloud gaming library. These games can be run on a virtual machine that mimics the operating system associated with each game console, it continues. The accompanying image shows drawings of the PlayStation 1, 2, and 3 being emulated onto separate screens. It's not clear how this would be achieved or whether it is tied to the existing PlayStation Now system. It could be that the virtualized operating system solution is a means of not having to build backwards compatibility technology into the new hardware, although that isn't mentioned in the patent documents. And that story from IGN is linked in the show notes. It also explores other details of the patent, like how you could theoretically record short little gameplay moments to give to other people to potentially play themselves, which is a weird but very interesting idea. Patents like this are in no way an indication of a locked-down feature. In some ways, patents like this are just a way for a company like Sony to get their ideas down on paper, just so in the future they can prove that they had them first. It is not assurance that something like this could be in the works, but it makes sense. Backwards compatibility from the cloud. The PlayStation 4 already does this to a certain degree with the PlayStation Now subscription service, but I would really like full access to the PlayStation 3 and 4 games I already own digitally on my PlayStation 5, as well as the ability to play the PlayStation 1 and 2 discs I just refuse to get rid of for some reason. That's my optimistic hope for the PlayStation 5, but I am pessimistic about any of that actually happening. 
popular Fortnite streamer Ninja is moving over to YouTube. Tyler Ninja Blevins is a popular streamer with blue hair who mostly focuses on Fortnite, who once wore an ice cream cone costume and sang Old Town Road on the popular Fox TV show The Masked Singer. He generated a big following on Twitch, but then signed a contract to stream exclusively with Mixer, but then Mixer folded into Facebook gaming and disappeared, and Ninja's future was left hanging in the air. Would he return to Twitch or join Mixer's exodus to Facebook? He announced recently, officially, that he is going to start streaming on YouTube, and he shared his first YouTube stream yesterday, July 8th. Ninja is pretty inarguably one of streaming's most popular celebrities, so it's interesting to watch his new trajectory. It's a big get for YouTube, and I am curious if it will make YouTube all the more competitive with Twitch. You also have to wonder what happened between him and Twitch to make him not interested in returning. Deadly Premonition 2 should be getting a post-release update despite prior reports. This isn't something I specifically talked about in my Deadly Premonition 2 review rundown yesterday, but in creator Hidetaka Swery 65 Suhiro's blitz to just retweet everything related to his game yesterday, he shared a number of stories about how, despite the game having all kinds of technical shortcomings, there were no plans to issue any kind of post-release patches or updates, which kind of makes sense for the game, but is also eyebrow-raising, considering the reviews, even the positive ones, pretty universally said that the game would really benefit from an update. Thankfully, it sounds like an update should be on the way. Developer Toybox is looking into patch options, according to Waypoint's Patrick Klepek, who wrote on Twitter, a publicist for Deadly Premonition 2 tells me it's inaccurate to say the game won't receive a patch to address the game's poor frame rate. They are currently speaking with the developers and should have a better update soon. So, that's good news. A The Sims reality show is on the way. The popular video game about simulating real life is getting a TV show adaptation within the television genre that is all about emulating real life. Jita Jackson reported on the TV show for Vice and wrote, The Sims Sparked is a reality competition show which will air on TBS starting July 17th. It's made in collaboration with BuzzFeed Multiplayer, BuzzFeed's video game vertical, and E-League, Turner Sports' esports organization. Over the course of four episodes, contestants will compete for a $100,000 prize by completing challenges that showcase their creativity and storytelling in The Sims. So, you know, the show tasks well-known Sims players and streamers to compete against one another in various in-game challenges, like they might have two hours to create something in The Sims, and then they have to present it to a panel of judges. According to the show's trailer... There will be tears, personal revelations, contestants who are in it to win it, and of course, as I already mentioned, the grand prize of $100,000. It's a weird premise for a reality show, but it looks like it might work. Sony reveals what PlayStation 5 game boxes will look like, along with Spider-Man Miles Morales' box art. This is a, a weird thing to talk about on a podcast because it is so visual, but... Sony shared the box art this morning for Spider-Man, Miles Morales, which also, coincidentally, shares what PlayStation 5 boxes will look like. I will share the box art with today's tweet about the show, so go check out at Gaming Ride Home for that. But 
it's basically the same as a PlayStation 4 box, but instead of the blue strip at the top with a PS4 logo, it's a white strip and a PS5 logo. The plastic of the box will also remain blue. My initial reaction is disappointment. It's the first time the game box design shape hasn't changed between generations. And the white strip at the top with the blue plastic, just that doesn't really do much for me. I was hoping for a more radical change. But as fewer and fewer physical games are being sold, I suppose it matters less and less that the game box be unique and interesting. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available... On digital, Crow portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. Here's what's out today, CrossCode, on PlayStation 4, Xbox One, and Switch. It's a game I am excited to play. It originally came out in 2018 to positive reviews on PC. It's heavily inspired by the 16-bit SNES era of RPGs, but it has action combat and puzzle mechanics. It definitely seems up my alley, and I really like the way it looks. It is on Xbox Games Pass today, but I am such a sucker for Switch that I will I will probably buy it and play it there instead. Thronebreaker The Witcher Tales is out today on iOS platforms. It's basically a single-player Gwent experience. In terms of its place in the Witcher canon, this is from the YouTube trailer's description. Players take on the role of Queen Meave of Lyria and Rivia, who is forced to enter the warpath in the face of an impending Nilfgaardian invasion. To stand a chance against her enemies, Meave must amass a powerful army, which means setting out on a dark journey of destruction and revenge. The critical reception when this game originally released was really strong, with most complimenting the game's writing, and mobile seems like a really good platform to play it on. Elden Path of the Forgotten is out on Switch, and it will be out tomorrow on PC. It has a real hyper-light drifter vibe to it, which is a game that I love, But Elden looks like a dark fantasy game about people meddling with demonic powers when they shouldn't. It looks creepy and has that throwback, pixelated, classic PC game look. It's published by a company called Another Indie Studio, which is a good name for a company that publishes indie games. Also out today, it's not a game really, but it is game adjacent. 
Jeff Keighley launched his self-described interactive storybook about the making of Half-Life Alex called Half-Life Alex: The Final Hours. Keighley has done a handful of these, and they're always really interesting and well done where he basically embeds himself in a studio for a long period of time and exits with a big deep dive on the development of a game. I really liked the Portal 2 and Tomb Raider based on the 2013 Tomb Raider final hours pieces that he did, so I am eager to check this one out. It's on Steam for 10 bucks, but I wish it were available on iOS devices. That's where I read his other final hours pieces. I'm just not in love with the idea of having to sit at my gaming PC to read a big article, but I don't know. I guess that's my own problem. That's it for gaming news today. Although I do have a lot to say in this closing section, weirdly, I had a little follow-up on talking about Stardew Valley's update recently and how Eric Baroni had teased a Pokemon-inspired game at one point, and at Kasten underscore Voador pointed me towards a series of tweets from Eric Baroni's at Concerned Ape Twitter account from February, where he wrote in response to a tweet asking, are you planning to make a new game in the Stardew Valley universe? Baroni said, yes, I'm actually working on a couple of new projects. One takes place in the world of Stardew Valley, but is not a farming game. The other, I'm not 100% sure about the world yet, but it will tie into Stardew Valley in some way. And then he followed up that tweet writing, I see this is blowing up and there are articles coming out, etc., All I ask is please don't get too hyped at this stage. I want to avoid too much hype or speculation. I'd like to just make whatever game comes naturally to me without too much pressure or expectation. I'm not setting out to make the next indie smash hit. I just want to make another game that I enjoy and am happy with and to share some of my art and ideas with the world. If it becomes popular, I will be happy, but it's not my focus. So there you go. Baroni is working on other things, but he's just doing what he wants and what is interesting to him, which is totally what he should be doing right now. Also, I said Stardew Valley was probably the most successful indie game ever. I suppose that honor ultimately belongs to Minecraft, which isn't an indie game anymore, but that is an interesting question, I think. What's the most successful indie video game? You could probably make an argument for Fortnite too, actually, because that was published by the developer epic but i don't know that's that's really just we're getting into semantics at that point gamesindustry.biz's christopher dring published this interesting article this morning about microsoft's recent collection of studio acquisitions it's one of those articles that doesn't have any like breaking news necessarily but but it is an interesting peek into microsoft's process and what it learned from its successful acquisition of mojang and minecraft Dring's article refers to it as limited integration or unplugged studios with the idea that Microsoft is there for support, but for the most part, it just lets these newly acquired studios kind of do their own thing. One of the highlights of the article comes from Tim Schafer, the boss over at Double Fine, who I think the industry all collectively agrees is the funniest man in video games. He said of Double Fine's recent transition into becoming a Microsoft studio, Things have been almost exactly the same, just without the terror of going out of business all the time. It's a great follow-up quote to this 30-second video that Double Fine released shortly after the announcement that Microsoft had purchased them. For the last 19 years, Double Fine Productions has been an independent game developer. Then Microsoft came to us 
and said, what if we gave you a bunch of money? And I said, okay, yeah. <laughs> Apparently Game Pass seems to be an important factor in all of these acquisitions and discussions, which is interesting. Again, from Double Fine's perspective, Schaefer said, with Game Pass, it wouldn't make sense to acquire Double Fine and then assign us a bunch of Forza DLC. That's not what you'd want from a studio like Double Fine. And Game Pass seems like a great opportunity to have a diversity of games, a plethora of unusual content. I can see how the type of games that Double Fine makes could fit into that. It's an interesting article, and it is linked in the show notes. Mostly, it's just nice to hear from all these formerly independent studios that feel like they can focus on games instead of raising money for the next project, which, you know, will hopefully lead to better games. Akumi Nakamura made a splash at E3 2018 when she appeared on stage to share Ghostwire Tokyo, an upcoming horror game from developer Tango Gameworks, a studio led by Resident Evil 4 director Shinji Mikami. But then she left the studio and, and kind of went quiet. It turns out she was having a baby. She tweeted some photos of herself and her newborn and wrote, Are you alive? Yes, I am. I released my new project, which went live on June 1st. This will be the longest ongoing project I've ever taken on, and I know it will bring the deepest joy and happiness to the world. I'm grateful to be able to help humanity live longer and prosper. So, you know, I just wanted to say congrats to her. That's super exciting. If you have corrections or just feedback in general, feel free to send me tweets or DMs to either at Kylem Hilliard or at Gaming Ride Home, or you can send me an email, kyle at ridehome.info. And please consider leaving a review for the podcast wherever you listen to it. You can also check out my Twitch account, Kyle Impersonator, where I'm playing through Metroid Other M right now. And you can find me on the MinMax Show for more long-form video game discussion. I will talk to you more about video games tomorrow. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Coriant has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Coriant has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Coriant's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Coriant.com.